year. So this excerpt comes from the book, a, The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O'Martian. So some of this will be quoted and some of this will be paraphrased. Just thought I didn't want to plagiarize. So just wanted to let y'all know. I don't know. I've always been scared of that. <laughs> but I made up some of it too. So. so, but this story is from Stormy. So when I say my husband, it's not my husband. Um, my husband was 19 when he collapsed from nervous exhaustion. She was, he was attending college full-time during the day and playing in local clubs in the afternoons and evenings. He had high stress, little sleep, and was rapidly working himself to death. Does this sound like motherhood to y'all sometimes? (laughs) The family doctor suggested to be placed in, that he be placed in a nearby mental hospital where he could get the rest he needed. His mother later said that she and the doctor regretted that decision, but at the time, It was all they knew to do, and I'm sure you can relate as a mom as well. That time of being in the mental hospital was anything but rest. It was frightening and strange. Throughout the years we've been married, there have been several times when he worked so hard and uh, overworked himself and, and pressured himself that he experienced that same kind of exhaustion. It reminded it reminded him of what he felt like as a teenager. The past would come upon him and threaten him with thoughts like, you're going to end up in a mental hospital again. That thought was a lie. Those are the times when we need real rest, prayer, and a reminder of the truth. John 8.36 says, you can know the truth. You, you don't have to be swallowed up by lies. And truth is the only thing that will actually set you free. God can deliver us from our past. It's a gradual process, but you can make strides forward with God's help. The past should not be a place where we live, but something from which we learn. The Bible says to forget those things that are behind you and reach forward to those things that are, that are ahead of you. God is a redeemer and a restorer. We need to allow him to be both. He can redeem the past and restore what was lost. He can make up for bad things that have happened to you. We must trust him to do those things. We can never move out of the present and into the future of what God has for us if we cling and live if we cling to and live in the past. God says we are to cry out for deliverance, walk in his ways, proclaim his truth, and then we will find freedom from the past. But sometimes there are levels of freedom to go through. It may you may think you've gotten free of something and suddenly it will rear its head again, leaving you feeling like you were right back to where you started. Don't be discouraged by this. You are probably moving into deeper levels of liberty than you realize. Prayer, which is talking to God, will surely get you into deeper levels of freedom. Being set free from the past can happen quickly or it can be a step-by-step process, depending on what God wants to teach you. Unfortunately, you can't make it happen on your timetable. We must be patient pray and decide not to listen to the voices of the past. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to go to the past, to let go of the past completely. Deliver us from any hold it has on us. Help us to put off our old ways and habits of thinking and renew our minds through your truth. Enlarge our understanding to know that you make all things new. Show us the correct way of relating to negative things that have happened. Give us your minds that we can clearly discern the lies from the truth. When we hear those old lies, show us how to use your word of truth as a weapon to fight the lies. Help us to forgive those who have hurt us and help us to accept your forgiveness. Redeem our lives and restore our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi. This is real life, y'all, because this is my kid and he won't stay in the nursery. So if he's running around while I'm doing the intro, just real life. 
Um, so I want to introduce the speaker today. We have Miss Tiffany Bath. Um, those of you who were here last year will remember her being here this year, or being here last year, and it was great. Tiffany has been married to her husband, Billy, for 25 years. She has five children, ranging from 12 to 20, and four still living at home. She has led various classes and co-ops. She has led various classes and co-ops, served on leadership boards, and ran a baseball league during her 15-plus years of homeschooling. She has especially loved her interaction with the moms she's been able to meet over the years. She has facilitated a Bible study and has had many opportunities to mentor women over 10 years. Um, She loves being at the ballpark, trying new recipes, taking baths, and curling up on the couch with her hubby. Please welcome Tiffany Bath. never know how loud this thing is. Well, welcome to the kickoff meeting for the new year of MOPS. If you were a part of MOPS last year, you probably got a little sneak peek of the theme. They showed a really neat video um, of our free Indeed year. I'm sure it's going to be awesome as well as thought-provoking as you explore and ponder what it means to be free. MOPS International has a few questions to challenge us with today. What do you long for? What is the thing that your heart craves? Is it possible that your deepest desire is to be free? Free from worry? Free from feeling stuck? Free from hustling to be loved? Free from a heaviness that you just can't seem to put your finger on? free from thinking that you should be someone other than exactly who you are. At the core, maybe what we are all longing for is to be free indeed. MOPS encourages you to choose wild, unexpected freedom this year, the kind that brings more laughter and less worry, more contentment and less hustling, to realize you have more control over your life than you thought. Choose to remember that just because you have a bad day doesn't mean that you have a bad life. Proclaim that fear and worry and anxiety and comparison will not win. This year, stretch your wings, take to the skies, and be free indeed. Well, with that admonition from Mops, I'm here today to share some thoughts from my own life and from my own heart. Free indeed. Just take a few seconds and ask yourself, do I feel free? I'm sure if we all answered by show of hands or out loud, there would probably be some different responses out there. When I was Jotting down my ideas, I I really tried to stop for a moment and think about your season again. I've been a mom for over 20 years. In fact, I was at a, a function with my mom a few months back, and my mom is a very beautiful woman. She does not look her age Um, And I know that since I let my hair go gray, I I look older, and I'm okay with that. Um, So my mom and I were standing next to one another, and an old friend of hers came up, and she said, Oh, Bobby, is that your sister? (laughs) 
Well, my mom was mortified, and I, I was telling her, Mom, that doesn't bother me. Or I really kind of felt good for my mom. Um, I was telling her, Mom, I'm not injured, really. And I said, you know what? I'm practically 50 years old now. Well, that was the wrong thing to say because my mom and I are exactly 20 years apart. And she promptly told me that I was not about to be 50 because that would mean that she was almost 70. And she was still in her mid-60s at 67 and a half, you know. (laughs) So it just reminded me, yeah, I've been a mama for a long time. And I think if you would have asked me a few weeks after I had my last baby and I was standing there with my newborn and my one-year-old and my two-year-old and my four-year-old and my eight-year-old, I think you would have had a hard time convincing me to say, oh, I feel free, yes. (laughs) But it really does depend on your definition of the word, doesn't it? Well, here are some thoughts. It's the power to act, speak, or think without hindrance. It's not being imprisoned or enslaved. It can also be liberation from slavery or restraint. And then I came across this one. It's the state of being released, usually from something onerous. And I thought, I don't even know what that word is, onerous. So I had to look it up. Uh, it's the, the idea of being released from something involving an amount of effort and difficulty that is oppressively burdensome. And it made me think, disciplining my two-year-old has become quite onerous. Lots of effort and difficulty that feels very burdensome. But freedom is a state of being released. Does that definition describe you today? Are you free, liberated, Existing in a state of feeling released? Well, if not, I hope to move you more towards that kind of freedom by the end of today. Very soon after Ashley asked me to come and share, I felt led in a particular direction. Today I'll be sharing about freedom and our thought lives. So, although I knew my subject kind of needed some clarity, um, you know, I know a lot of scripture that had to do with things that going on in our minds. But I'd never really researched thoughts before, and that was fascinating. Uh, You know, I'm sure I didn't even scratch the surface, but I found out some really mind-boggling things about our thoughts. According to the National Science Foundation, we have between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts every day. And (laughs) it's estimated that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. We had those same thoughts, 95% of them yesterday. But here is the unbelievable statistic. About 80% of them are negative. I actually went and, and tried to find some other websites to make sure that wasn't a typo. But you know, I sat there and I thought about it. And the more I thought about it, I, I was convinced. I thought, that's right. Most of the stuff that's going on in my head at any given moment is negative. Although I wasn't surprised, I was surprised at the statistic. That that wasn't really new information that, you know, negative thoughts are an obstacle. Like many other issues, I have found it easy to spot this problem in my three teenagers. Well, actually, one of them is about to be a teenager. I'm about to have four teenagers. 
Um, I even have a pet name for it at our house. I call it playing the tapes in your mind. Now, why tapes? I don't know. I, I am old, and I actually played cassette tapes when I was, y'all probably don't even know what a cassette tape is. Um, but I don't know. Just I remember when my kids were little, I would ask them, what tapes are you playing in your head? So here's an example. So yes, I homeschool all these kids. Um, and when they're goofing off all day long, and they, I can just tell it's one of those days, the work's not getting done, and maybe we have an activity that night as a family, and lo and behold, this particular child can't participate because they have all kind of work they have to catch up on. And imagine, they have a bad attitude at me. So that's when it kicks in. I ask him, what tapes, right now, what tapes are you playing in your head? Is it something like, if she wasn't so hard on me, I wouldn't be having to do school later in the day? And, and that's just one sentence. It goes on and on and on. And amazingly, nothing in those tapes says anything about their responsibility. Mom's just unfair with her unrealistic expectations. And I have to say, many times as we sit down and we talk the things through with the kids, you know, they see the lies. They see the tapes that they're playing. Really, life is not as horrible as they have created it in their head. And I'm thankful that they listen and they consider, and in the end, they usually acknowledge those tapes and those thoughts that they start playing when things don't go their way and see that they're not true. And then, you know, maybe with a little nudging from me and dad, they can start re replacing some of those thoughts with truth like, I'm really in this situation because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Well, even though most of your kids are still little, I bet you figured out that it's, it's easier to see the weaknesses in your kids, maybe in your husband and also in your friends, than it is to see the struggles in your own hearts. Am I just as aware of the tapes that I play all day long in my own mind? I couldn't help but think of one of the questions that Mops gave us. Is it possible that we desire to be free from things like worry, from the heaviness you can't put your finger on, from trying to be somebody that we're not? You know, I'm sure we're not all here right at 80% negative every day. Maybe your stats are better than that. Maybe your stats are worse. But I would say we probably all would love to see some change in this area of our life. But well, we defined freedom, and we talked about what it looks like, the power to act, speak, think without hindrance. But what is the opposite of freedom? What happens when you do have a hindrance or you are restrained? That word is bondage. Bondage is the state of being subjected to some external power or control. Simply put, being in a bondage is being a slave to something. But there's something unusual about being in bondage to our thoughts. Keith, one of the pastors here, many years ago, he did a sermon. It was kind of in a different direction. But he gave this great visual of being in a prison, being in a cell. But the cell door was wide open. There was opportunity for freedom. You could, you could walk right out of your bondage. But many just stayed in the confines of the open-doored cell. And that's how I see 
my thoughts. There is a real sense of feeling like I'm a slave to them, a feeling like I'm bound by their power and control. And yet God tells me otherwise. And this is so important. First, he tells me that I need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And God never tells us to do something that we can't accomplish with his help. So that is great news. He also tells me that my cell door is open. I have freedom. I don't have to believe every single thing that I think. I can do battle with my thoughts and come out victorious. And I do it the same way that I was talking about with my teenagers. I just tell me instead of them. Rather than walking out the process out loud with my teenager, I do it with myself. And honestly, sometimes I do do it out loud, particularly when it's a struggle for me. And those times will really fold into prayer. There's a lady in the church, and she says, you know, no offense at all to the Lord or or the word prayer, but I would really just like to take a Sharpie and get rid of the word prayer. That's everywhere. Prayer, 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 prayer. It's, It's just so overused. I'd like to go interject talking with God instead. And that's really what it ends up being, just talking with God about the things that are on our heart. So yes, we're told to take those thoughts captive so we know that we can. We capture them and we throw them out. I ran across a story on the internet by a lady named Sharon Janes. She had a bunch of message on taking your thoughts captive. Her family lived in the city and they took an excursion out west to cowboy country. She said, there we sat, several city slickers among hooping, hollering locals. The cowboy skills entertained and amazed those of us who thought a Bronco was a four-wheel drive. The most thrilling event was the lassoing contest. We sat on the edge of our seats as the cowboy waited, poised in his saddle, anticipating the calf's release from the chute. The door swung open and the calf burst from the gate. The cowboy exploded through a second door with a lasso in his hand, pursuing the bucking, twisting, galloping animal. He lassoed the calf's neck, threw him to the ground, quickly wrapped the rope around his legs, tied him securely in place, jumped up, raised his hands in victory. As the victor stood receiving his applause, his trained horse would take three steps backward to secure the rope in place. The timer continued to run for a few seconds to make sure that the calf was indeed captive. Then the cowboy's time was posted. Time and time again, cow hands lassoed little calves, securing their captives, raising their hands in victory. Only a few times did a calf escape and make its way out the other door. Um, I admit I was feeling a a bit sorry for the little calves, even though they were released as soon as they logged the time. The first time one escaped, I applauded wildly, and all the angry onlookers let me know that that was not acceptable to cheer for the little calf. As I continued to watch the contest, the Lord prodded my heart and told me to look and learn. Suddenly it hit me. This event was a perfect picture of what Paul described in 2 Corinthians when he said we are to take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
Those calves reminded me of wild, woolly thoughts that burst forth from the saddle of my mind at times. Negative, rebellious, fearful, angry, worrisome, jealous, degrading thoughts that are untamed and unruly, bucking, jumping, and running wild across pleasant plains. And my reaction should be just like the cowboys, ride up hot on the thought's heels, lasso it with the truth, tie it up, and throw it to the dust. My response should also be like the cowboy's trusty trained horse, who automatically, because of practice, takes three steps backward to make sure the deceptive thought ain't going nowhere. Trained because of practice, taking every thought captive. Lasso those thoughts up, tie them, throw them back in the dust where they came from. Then we raise our hands in victory. Believe me, the faster we do it, the better. Well, I just thought that was a neat visual story. And there are certainly thoughts that need to be tied up and thrown in the dust. But I would say there's an enormous amount of thoughts going on in our head that need to be reversed, not just booted out, but taken and evaluated. Many times, new tapes need to be recorded. Those worn-out lies, they play over and over again, and they need some serious revisions. And a lot of the categories are the same for many of us, whether those lies have to do with the way that you look, the way that you parent, the kind of wife you are. You know your tapes. Even though we all struggle, the specifics are personal. And we need to start rewriting those tapes. And God has a great place in the Bible to start with your revisions, specifically in Philippians. He tells us, think about these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Philippians becomes a great litmus test for us. Try to take the next thoughts that pop into your head and compare it to this list. Try it in a little while when we're sitting at the table and we're sharing with one another. Be cognizant of the tapes that start to play. Maybe it'll be the next time that you pass your reflection in a mirror. Maybe it's worry that plagues you. I read somewhere that a mom said it was like her brain was searching under the sofa cushions of life for things to worry about. Maybe that's you. You need to ask yourself, are these thoughts lining up with what God tells us to think on in Philippians? And if we can't, then take out the red pen, do some serious revision, or tie them up and throw them out. This is a quote from somebody called Melly Jelly. I don't know if that's a real person. Um, hopefully it's not a bad person, I don't know. Um, but it was a, a, an interesting thought. It goes, imagine putting all your negative thoughts in a balloon. Now let that balloon float away and just smile. Life isn't so bad, is it? And I thought, well, I mean, 
if it were just that simple, you know, put them in a balloon, let them float away. And then I thought, maybe it is. How much of what you're chewing on that you're worrying about replaying again, because, you know, it's 95% that you were playing yesterday in your mind. How much of that is real? An in the present qualifiable thing. And how many are possibilities that will never materialize in your real, tangible life? There are things, certainly, that need to be thought through and analyzed. But what if you could gather all the ones that fall in that other category and you could just put them in a balloon and you could just watch them float away? It kind of reminded me of what God tells us to do with our thoughts. Well, God was faithful to supply you with an example from my life this week. Our family serves here at Alpha on Tuesday nights. And, um, you know, gathering up everybody, it's usually crazy for us to get out the door. And, of course, our possessed standalone ice maker had to uh, really start rearing its ugly head when we were trying to leave on Tuesday. Sometimes a a sheet of ice won't slide all the way down. It gets stuck, and then the water that's in the reservoir dumps into the ice bin, and then it starts making this horrible grinding sound. Um, And if it's really bad, you've got to get down there and chisel out the stuck ice that's up there and then fill it manually with some water. So, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm in my dress. So I hear it. Of course, you know, no one else is around in the house. You know, I don't have any children at that point. So I go, you know, plop myself on the floor in my dress and I'm chiseling and ice is going everywhere. We're late. And so I think I kind of get my sheet of ice disengaged. And so I holler from the floor, somebody get me a cup of water so I can refill this. So. I don't know how many. I know there are several of you who know my adorable 12-year-old. I mean, he is just, oh, you could just pinch his cheeks. So, of course, he hears me, and he comes, and he gets a cup, and he fills it up. And I'm on the floor, and he's handing it to me. Well, he filled it all the way up to the tippy, tippy top. And I'm on the floor, and I just take the cup And I go, and I wear the cup. It's all on my dress. It's all on the floor. It's on my legs because I'm sprawled out on the floor. So what did I do? I snapped at him. Did it make sense to try to hand mom a cup that was filled all the way to the top with water? Now, in truth, I had bellowed my request to the whole house, and the only one that had come was my little guy to help mom. And his thanks for helping me, mom snapping at him for giving her what she had asked for. After he started apologizing when he saw me drenched in water, I told him that I was sorry for the way that I had talked to him. But it it sat on me, and it was heavy on my heart. And hours later, I still had frequent thoughts about what I had done. Thoughts like, what kind of mama talks to her kids like that? And no wonder my kids are snapping at each other in the house because they're hearing me snap at everybody. 
And, you know, it went on and on. I won't burden you with the many, many thoughts that filled my head for who knows how long. I felt like they were circling to pounce on me again. And I realized, what is going on in my head? (laughs) Yes, I had to agree with some of those thoughts. That's not who I want to be. And I I had been that mom. But I don't have to live there. There is grace available to me. I acknowledged my weakness before God, and I asked him to help me with my temper and to see past what's in front of me. I have to do that a lot. And I asked him to help me to take my thoughts captive much more quickly because I was in bondage. Okay, this is the part where it gets a little cheesy. Um, Your table leaders are going to help you go into bondage. (laughs) So uh, I I thought I brought enough bondage material for everyone. Um, So some of you will have, it's bright orange because it's the yarn we had at home. We have a lot of crafts, but evidently we just had neon orange yarn for the experiment. So those of you willing to be in bondage for, it's going to be short. So here's, here's how you go in bondage in the Tiffany world. I kind of had this quirky idea that if you had a visual, maybe you'd connect with the message for a little bit. So if you can, if you got little ones, but just, you know, be in bondage for a few minutes. What you say to yourself all day long is so powerful. Remember the 95% stat, the thoughts that revisited in my head today are the ones that I rehearsed in my head yesterday and the ones I played in my head the day before. Stop and think. Are those thoughts filled with expectations and hope and life-giving truths? Or are they slowly draining away the very fabric of you and your relationships? One of the encouraging phrases from the Free Indeed theme is remember that just because you have a bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life. The easiest thing in the world to do is to think yourself right out of happiness. Are you in a place where you have filled so many of your days reliving the difficult and challenging parts of the season you're in? And they're there. They're real. But you've talked yourself into a bad life. Renee Swoop said, the focus of our thoughts will influence the feelings in our hearts. And that is so true. There have been times when I felt the downward spiral come on so quickly just by letting my thoughts run rampant without taking them captive. Clinging to the messages my lying tapes were reiterating, I can easily feel hopeless and defeated. Another little story by Sharon Jane's caught my eye. She kind of went in a different path, but I like the message. She writes, I sat on my front porch with my Bible. 
Actually, I don't think it was her front porch. I think it's her back porch. With my Bible in my lap and a hot mug in my hand, as I looked out across the backyard, my eyes landed on a rounded mound of fur nestled in the grass under the willow tree. I got up and I moved in for a closer look. My heart sank as I discovered what appeared to be a curled up baby fawn lying lifeless in the grass. Probably that same fawn my neighbor had been nursing with its, helping with its mom the day before. My heart broke. I understand the circle of life, but still, a baby fawn lay dead in my yard. Most likely the target of that coyote I had seen. I couldn't get close enough to see the wound. Sometimes that's the way things are. I did get close enough to see the sunlight passing through the vellum-like ear and the spots on its back and its Bambi-like eyelashes resting on a perfectly shaped snout. I just had to let Steve deal with it when he got home. I just couldn't. All morning long, my mind returned to the lifeless form laying out there in the sun. Hours passed. At noon, I looked out the window, and the fawn remained unmoved, untouched, undisturbed. I couldn't stand it. I had to know the cause of death. So I mustered up my courage and I made my way to the fawn. Three feet away, I stopped. No, no signs of an attack. I inched closer. Finally, I knelt down by the beautifully crafted creature, admiring God's handiwork. But I still couldn't see what had killed it. What happened to you, little dear? I whispered. Suddenly, the fawn's head popped up. (laughs) Startled eyes stared at me, wide-eyed. Me, like a deer caught in the headlights, the fawn simply caught. I fell back on my haunches. Time stood still for a moment, and then the fawn sprang to its feet, wobbled a little bit, and scampered off. I sat in the grass, and I just laughed and laughed. So the fawn wasn't dead after all. It had simply found a little grass and fallen asleep until almost noon. And where is your mother, I wondered, after my heart stopped pounding in my chest. God whispered, sometimes things just need to be woken up. Have you taken that friendship and let your thoughts do such a number on it? that you feel it's all but dead? Have you taken your weaknesses and your downright failures as a mom and allowed those thoughts to give birth to more thoughts until you feel like you're the worst mom and there's no hope? Maybe you've allowed disagreements or differences of opinion with your spouse to take on a life of their own in your thoughts to the point where the relationship feels almost lifeless. Well, listen to God say today that they may appear that way, but they just need to be woken up. You need to aggressively take the light of truth and shine it on your thoughts. Every single day, you get to choose which thoughts to keep and which thoughts to throw away. Remember Philippians 4. Is that thought true? Is it honorable? Is it lovely? If not, take it captive. Walk in freedom. So if you're not walking in freedom, you can undo your... Walk in freedom. 
This is a message that I need daily. I saw this article. It said, who's the captive? Your thoughts or you? I mean, that's a good question. Am I in bondage or am I doing the capturing? And I know this is a difficult season. I know it is. I remember wondering if I would ever leave the house without a diaper bag. But that day comes and it comes very quickly. Don't waste these years camped out in your open door cell, letting your thoughts rule you. Take them captive, rewrite them, fill them with truth. God's abundant and amazing grace is there for you. So I just want to say thank you, Tiffany. That was an incredibly moving and challenging and inspiring message. And I think the statistic you shared was really like eye-opening. I can't believe that 80% of our thoughts would be bad, but you gave some great truth for dealing with it. And I loved what you said about um, how God will not ask us to do anything that we can't do with his help. And so we do have power through him to do that. So thank you very much. And table leaders, you can start your discussion.
Okay. Gabriel Atala is whose mom is Gabriel Atala? Okay. Can you go get him or her? Him. Him. I have a Gabriel. Okay, everyone, thank y'all so much for coming. I know y'all did not have enough time to talk, but next month is going to be much more like double the time, triple the time, maybe. I promise. So um, next month, next meeting, October 12th is our, so wait, let me say it again. October 12th is our next meeting. Our speaker is going to be Denise Adamak. Her and her husband run an orphanage in Mexico. She's going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to be making something for the kids who live there. So now we're going to be doing the raffle. Who has the last four digits? Three, 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 three. <laughs> Anyone. Three, 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 three. Oh, geez. All right. Three, 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 four. Come on, somebody's got to have it. Uh, that's okay. All right, three, five. We're just going to keep going. Nobody. Well, that's okay. Three, six. We're going, we went past it. Are y'all, do y'all have the right numbers? Nobody has last two, three, six. All right, three, seven. Does anyone want the book? Okay, we got a winner. Here we go. Woohoo! Okay, thank y'all so much. So go ahead and start wrapping up your conversations. Pull, throw all your trash away, and uh, we'll see you next month. And go get your kids.